What is up, aka Padders, and happy weekend, happy Saturday. I'm talking to you from the aka Pad studio, and I am Peter Anthony DeLuca, another known as Acapad, aka Pad, the white pope of pop culture. That's right, that's me. I'm ready to rock and roll, and we're talking Star Wars. We've been talking Star Wars for a long time, and we still have some ways to go. Look, if you're sick of Star Wars talk, we're doing something different. We're 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 discussing my personal experience with the franchise, going through just about every single piece of content released from Lucasfilm. That's official, and something's unofficial, and that is today, episode two seventy three, the People vs. George Lucas, the second greatest Star Wars documentary ever made right outside Empire of Dreams. That was a bunch of episodes ago. We did a three episode block for that one. Let's hit that intro and jump to it. So here's the thing. Here's the thing. You have to understand the state of the union, the state of the Star Wars union at the time of the production of this movie, of this documentary, and its release. We're talking five years. 2005 ends, and we have a complete Star Wars trilogy. And now we have a complete Star Wars saga. We have six entire episodes. The whole point of episodes one through six now is the rise, the fall, and the return of Anakin Skywalker. Anakin Skywalker now fulfills the prophecy. The prophecy is to bring balance to the Force and destroy the Sith. That's somewhat of a... <laughs> it's not so much of a recon that Lucas added to Episode 3, Revenge of the Sith. He just added to the idea of the prophecy that was presented in The Phantom Menace. And I think it was a right, right choice of words that they used throughout Revenge of the Sith. That the Chosen One defeats the Sith. And Vader does that. And here we go. We're done. Lucas, at this point, has, uh, as Walt Disney would say, plussed out the original three films and finished the story he wanted to tell with episodes one, two, and three. Uh, so he remakes, somewhat remakes, or remasters, or adds to. We have the Solar Special Editions, and we have episodes one, two, and three, and we're done. We're done, right? Uh, good job, Lucas. You you fulfilled your own prophecy you saw things through your own way glorious thank you so much but no that's that is not what happened now i debated on discussing this documentary with you at this juncture because i don't want to present things from a a crybaby uh one, one, one like me 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 type type mentality because the sequels did not deliver uh, part of my discussion with you regarding the sequels is where I was when I first saw them. Now, I did say the last episode, Revenge of the Sith has grown on me. And I give that movie a lot of props because there's an urgency and there's a movement to that movie that I like, even with the melodrama. I like it a lot. But we have a generation of people who are now becoming uh of the new media so they have a means now they have a means to express themselves it's not just through social media it's digital overall part of the error that lucas helped usher in is now making content think about that uh you know lucas helped with technology and inspiration these people 
want to have a voice and they developed one. They got one. The People vs. George Lucas is the second greatest Star Wars documentary only by uh, like a chronological order, okay? Because we have to give Empire of Dreams all the props. And look, the symmetry of the two. Empire of Dreams going into the special editions, going into the prequels, and seeing where Star Wars was at that point, and then watching this documentary, it's mind-blowing. It really is. It encapsulates everything. That's why this is very important. So, uh, what's the name? Alex Felipe. Did I get Alexandra Felipe? This this dude, this is Arthur. He knows how to make a documentary. I am very critical of documentaries. I'm critical because they always have an angle. They have a bias, and they have to by nature, they just to be entertaining. So usually. If the documentary isn't well made, and that's a very loose statement, I admit that, because I can go into the techniques of how to start a documentary, uh, the exposition, like what are we really doing, give you a bunch of examples, but this episode's not about that. Maybe later, maybe later I can go into what I like in documentaries and what I look for. This guy knows how to make a movie, though. He also made, uh, what's it, Don't, he, Documentary of the Dead. That's a home run, too. He makes documentaries. He makes good ones. This documentary frames the idea of not just people being disappointed with Lucas tinkering with the original three films and then what he produced with episodes one, two, and three. It's about, it's, and it's not about anticipation, it's not about letdown, it is really about the essence of Star Wars, the DNA of it, and how it was corrupted, and Lucas should not um, be able to hide the original cut of the movies. He, they should be in the ether for others to enjoy because people want them. Now, they're strictly, mostly unavailable. <laughs> a couple bootleggers. You know, every few years we'll get one of these. There is a unspecialized edition. People, you know, <laughs> cobble together all of these different Star Wars versions to make a a original as possible version of the original three. Whatever. Uh, you know, people have this documentary highlights fan edits, which I like. You know, people who went back and they didn't like the editing. And the story for episode one, they fixed it. They made it into a 40-minute movie. They didn't like most of all three of those movies, and they made it into a three-hour movie instead of a six-hour magna opus. It highlights the idea, and this is something I always say, that between like Star Wars and Star Wars, between Return of the Jedi and the special editions, it, there was this like low period, and the fans... The people did their own Star Wars, and they kept it going. You know, they, they, they fueled that fire. So, it's a lot of these people that have this, like, huge emotional investment within content. And they, in their heart of hearts, they can't see it any other way. And it doesn't make it false. It, it makes it actually more true than a apologist. And I really really would love to like 
have a follow-up of this documentary made post Rise of Skywalker and really see now what these people think of the special editions, the prequel trilogy, and the new trilogy because there's so many fractions now. And I have to say it, but something that's impactful and meaningful should be <laughs> should be exactly like this. It should be maddening. One of the other aspects that I love about this documentary is that it skips around. It shows us people who are dedicated to the franchise. And it shows us people who are, you know, kind of flighty about it. And it shows us people who are extremely passionate. And it shows us professionals and journalists and people who've covered Star Wars for a very long time. This movie got a lot of good people. Like, to give sound bits, to give sound bites. And they they weaved it. They weaved it together. And I don't know. Uh, it, it's up there. Every time I watch this movie, I pick up a couple couple new things. Yeah, that's a platitude. I know. Sue me. But it's true. <laughs> yeah. Um, so that's one of the reasons why I was so uh, soft on, on waiting. You know, like I was thinking, should, should I just do the documentaries? Because the next one we're doing is called the prequel strike back that's episode 274 and the prequel strike back is the generation that watched the prequels and grew up with them so it's the absolute opposite of this documentary that's your third greatest star wars documentary we're just going in order and then after that we're going to go finally into the new trilogy into force awakens now i say new trilogy but i more or less mean disney star wars and I'm battling of where do I put Solo and where do I put Rogue One in that run. I might just do chronological, the, the five Disney Star Wars movies, and chronologically weave it together because I don't think it matters because the connection between Force Awakens and Last Jedi is very loose. There's very little connective tissue. And the connective tissue between Last Jedi and Rise of Skywalker is even less than that. So I don't think it matters if you're listening to them in a certain order. Um, but I, I like the idea of looking at Disney Star Wars as like a new era, a new beginning, a new footstep. And they're doing things. They're doing as much bad as they are good. And guess what? <laughs> it's driving people crazy. You guessed it. But yeah, so look. This documentary isn't negative. This documentary, this documentary is a document of a time, of a feeling, of a pinpointed source of where the culture around Star Wars is and was around 2010, and it hasn't left it. Okay, it's as meaningful in 2010 as it is now. That is why you should watch it, Alexandra Philip. <coughs> Oh my god, I'm sorry everyone. Look, hey, I'm still covering from that illness I had, uh, the virus I had like a week ago. Look, Alexandra, Alexandra Felipe is a solid dude. I always look forward to what he has coming out. I think there's uh, two documentaries that he released that I have yet to watch since this. Uh, or since Documentary of the Dead. I'm babbling here. Everyone, rock and roll. I love you. 
And until next time, until episode 274, can you believe it? We're marching on. Thank you for joining the AKA Pad Army. Find me on Twitter, AKA Pad. Find me on Insta at AKA Pad 13. Just search AKA Pad. I am in the ether and I'm ready to talk to you about everything geek. Let's do this. I love you and goodbye. <laughs>